0: Well, good morning. Uh, this is WNZN radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, and my name is John Murtha, and I'm here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood.
1: Good to be good here good with morning, you, John. David. Good morning. Beautiful, and,
0: uh, day. Beautiful day. We yeah. have a great guest and ministry we're going to be speaking about uh, this morning. Uh, ICM, maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with this, but you're going to be after this morning, is International Cooperating Ministries, and they are They are an incredible global, worldwide church-building ministry that's all around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, it touched me personally, and I'll talk about that later, and how they helped establish and dedicate a church in Vietnam to my brother, who went to be with the Lord about five years ago. And we will touch on that later. But this is WNZN Radio, uh, 89.1 FM. And if you're not having clear on your radio station, sometimes we have audio problems there now, just in terms of how the signal is going out on a given day, just go and live stream us on your computer, www.wnzn.org. So, our special guest is David Burns, and um, David... Maybe you want to just uh, acknowledge David. David, David, okay, David, a David, okay. Yeah, David so David. Davids. Okay.
1: yeah uh, you know, David, it's, it's great to have you, and, and you have quite a story. I think it'd be wonderful if you could kind of share your background and how you came to the Lord, and then we can start to jump into uh, the ICM organization, your role there, and also the global reach. You know, this pamphlet I just got says... Uh, world reach and boy is it ever 10,000 churches 100 countries and 1. 1.9 million disciples and growing right yes sir. so you know with that I'll, I'll turn it over to you
2: yeah it is a pleasure to be here this morning uh, with you guys my name is David Burns and just my story very quickly as I grew up in Atlanta Georgia in the suburbs of Atlanta and Grew up like most people in the South. I was in church, I actually grew up in a very strong Catholic family from mm-hmm. generations and, and grew up uh, hearing about Jesus and the resurrection and the virgin birth and all the, the stories of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like many, many kids, it just, it was never personalized in my life. And until when I was in eighth grade, a, kind of a traumatic event happened. One of my friends died on the football field. And I remember uh, at that time, uh, it shook me, as it would most people.
0: Now, were you playing football at the time? I him? was. I he was. just...
2: He uh, fell on the field. He had a blood clot in his head, wow. and they didn't know it. And when he and a guy collided, he went down and went into seizures, and about a day later wow. passed away. Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. So that was the first time that I really began to ask the big questions. Mm-hmm. You know, what if that would have been me? and i remember asking my father i said you know what if that would have been me and he said son you're a good kid you'd be fine and i was like that's it kind of worked Mm -hmm. you know as a 14 year old boy and but then as i went through life and and began to not be so good of a kid i went off to college joined a fraternity i was playing college basketball at a small division two school in atlanta um, I began to rethink those questions again when a fraternity brother passed away in a car wreck. And, and once again, C.S. Lewis said this, that, that pain is God's megaphone. Mm-hmm. And, and I think many people realize their own stories and testimonies connected to something they experienced that brought pain. And it began to have them ask the right questions So during that time, um, I was really wrestling uh, with what I believe, why I believed it. And I ran into a guy who was ministering to the athletes on my campus. It was a college ministry at my school. And he began to talk with me about the Lord. Actually, in the weight room one day, Mm -hmm. we were lifting weights. And I remember thinking, this guy's really kind of weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I was drawn to him. Mm -hmm. And, And he began to... Uh, share with me the gospel, and and what I realized, and the way I describe it, is that my faith—it was kind of like a puzzle in a box. It's all the pieces are there, but it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of growing up in the church, hearing the stories, seeing you know Jesus hanging on the cross in the back of the church. Um, I knew it, but I didn't understand it. And so what my friend did is he took me to the scriptures for about a six-week period. And I asked him every possible question Ooh. that you could ask, fair, reasonable questions. Yes. And through that process, God really revealed to me that Christ was my only hope. And, and I remember there was even a period that I knew I was lost I knew if I were to die that I would be separated from God. And that's a scary place when you get to that place. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea of surrendering to Jesus, to to repenting, to, you know, I was just first year college student. Mm-hmm. I, I was afraid, quite frankly, you know, and, and there's a scripture that says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a right. holy God. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I wrestled for weeks about really turning from my sin and what what would be the consequences with friendships and family. What I had no idea, but finally in my dorm room in March of 1990. So it's been a while. Wow. Um, I you know there's a there's a theological explanation that says God's grace is irresistible. Mm-hmm and and his grace became irresistible in a dorm room one night and and i gave my life to christ that night and and in some ways my testimony is this that in one week you know i went from leading people to kegs to leading them to jesus it was that kind of profound you know when it says that we're in christ we're a new new creation i was that guy in the fraternity house and and God, for the last 31 years, has just been continuing to do that work he promised in Philippians 1. So that's a quick summary of my testimony.
0: Um, Real quick, before we actually get into your present-day ministry, what helped you grow then as a freshman at college in your newfound faith, David? What would you say for for the listeners out there? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So the the guy who led me to Christ, he was 23 years old, newly married, And every question I asked him, he brought the scripture forward. And most of the time it was memorized. So I was so just, so when I first came to Christ, John, I assumed that Christians memorize scripture. Mm -hmm. So I began to memorize scripture aggressively. And the second thing that stood out, his name's Brian Lewis, I still keep up with him today, he's in Memphis, Um, is when he would hang out with me and my friends, because all my friends were lost, he was always sharing the gospel. And so the the combination of God's word just being so saturated in his mind and his heart, and his boldness to share the gospel, um, it just, it led me to think, man, this is the normal Christian life. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in God's word, you memorize and meditate on God's word, But then because the hope of every friend I've ever had is Jesus, how can I not tell him? And so he just modeled this. He never, I don't even think he talked to me about scripture memory. He just would always quote scripture when I had questions. I see. So that scripture memorization, then of course
0: later you become part of a church. That's right. Or a small group perhaps. uh, That's right. Then onward. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about, and then I want to bring you in and how you got involved in this global you go from this little dorm room, this fraternity at college, as a freshman. And today, you're involved in this international uh, church building uh, ministry. Um, ICM, uh, of course, is, is is international cooperating ministries, and it's it's all about uh, building and, and strengthening believers around the world. And it was just, and it was I'm just it, it was this man that founded. I want you to talk to him a little about Deis Rosier. A very wealthy man, uh, lived down south, had a great business going, and how he went overseas and he saw the need there, and but in particular for believers that literally didn't have a structure to, to come to, a church like we take for granted here in suburban America. And so tell us now about uh, the, the founder of this ministry, you're president, and then I want to find out a little bit later how you personally got involved. If yeah, you do.
2: that's a great question. So his story is, I'll get there shortly, but is what Deuce. drew me to the ministry, Okay, Doyce's story through his book, mm-hmm. The God Who Hung on the Cross. So the short of the story is that he was a very successful businessman, but very committed to God and the church. Mm-hmm. And, and through that, he got involved in global missions and, and Transworld Radio and various ministries around the world. And in 1986, he was in India, and he was in a small village on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning, and he started seeing people walking down dirt roads, gathering under a big tree. Okay. And he began to ask, talk to the local pastor, and say, what do they do when the weather's not good? You know, what do they do during the rainy season? And he said, they walk, and they worship. And he began to think, what, what would it take to give them a a small, simple structure that yeah. they could worship safely in, and at the time I think it was about five thousand dollars, you know, to, mm-hmm. to build a small structure like that for about one hundred and fifty people, and he began to use his own funds uh, to just sponsor a few church buildings, and and it began to grow, and later on maybe I'll share about the exponential sure. growth, you know, of the ministry, and I think what Deutsch realized you know, from a conviction level is is one, is that God's means to reach the world is the local church. Just a conviction that God's vehicle is the church. Right. And he also realized as he began to see the overwhelming need for the gospel globally, you know, particularly in India, mm-hmm. that there are 600,000 villages in India alone. And he started thinking about we can't send enough missionaries mm-hmm. to reach these people. And and then as he began to discover God is working in all these places, the indigenous leaders many times were fruit of missionaries from a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Like in Thailand, sure. the, you know, we'll talk about the Baptist missionaries in Thailand that now there's so many indigenous leaders. And and so really I think if you were to ask Doyce or look at the history of the organization I don't think he initially dreamed 10,000 churches. You know, it was more, here's an opportunity, here's a need. And that was really kind of the way he lived, is where there was a need, and if he had resources, he was going to do what he could to meet a need.
0: And what year was that That starting point when he was in India? Yeah, it was 1986. Okay, 1986. Now, I heard it told that he gathered his—once he got this vision, David, that he gathered his family together and basically said— Here's what I want to do with my wealth.
2: Are you guys on board with this? And is that true? Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you could share that. So yeah, it's in this book. What was it's his business story? So he was in the car business. That was his kind of main but as I got to know him very, very briefly before he passed, mm-hmm. he was kinda of had his hands in everything, like a lot of entrepreneurs. But his foundation was the car business and then real estate. Real estate. But um, yeah, so as the ministry began to grow, and if I if I have the numbers correct, I think after he kept visiting India and and you know giving money to help the indigenous people build the churches, and one thing I think is important is that he didn't he was very very committed to the indigenous leaders having skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So all of our partners, we have two hundred and fifty one when we partner with them to build a building they always buy the property uh, they actually build the building we just help with the resourcing for oh. materials okay so there's a real it's a true partnership and even the name of the ministry you know uh, international cooperating ministry really does explain the heart of it is you know my boss tim Damon, actually says this that really all ICM, he says we're a petroleum company. (laughs) We just put gas on the fire Mm. that exists in all these indigenous church planting movements. So back to your story about his family, when the ministry began to kind of take root as a ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, like many ministries, it doesn't start as a ministry. It starts as kind of a person and then a movement. Right. And uh, he... Called all of his children in. I think he has four children, three or four children. And they were adults and Mm -hmm. and their spouses and brought them in for the weekend. And him and his wife were like, okay, we feel a deep conviction from the Lord that we're giving all of our money away. (laughs) That we're giving it all away. (laughs) And called their kids in and uh, kind of getting brace for some pushback. Uh, But all of their children were 100% on board and you'll read that in the book and actually his daughter Janice is now the CEO and president and has been for the last few years and just an outstanding leader Wow and and definitely uh, she's cut out of doyce's call you know just a great visionary
0: entrepreneurial leader so that was the start then in India and then this started and then a, a key pillar of the ministry was this teacher. Maybe you could talk how Joyce found this teacher that uh, really helped disciple uh, people around the world as his teachings were being uh,
2: translated. Maybe right. you could share that. Yeah, so so there was a pastor uh, near Virginia Beach that years ago was leading a men's Bible study, uh-huh. You know, similar to Fred Corey's mm-hmm. uh, Bible study. And it just grew and grew into two, three hundred men would come every single yeah. uh, week to hear him teach. And Doyce was particularly deeply impacted by his teaching. Mm-hmm. He just, he felt like that he brought these very complex concepts of scripture and just simplified them. Mm-hmm. And for a regular guy. Yeah. and And so he was so impacted by it, he asked Dick Woodward was his name and he's passed since as well is would you do a overview of the scripture Genesis to Revelation Mm -hmm. because I want to get it out I want other men to experience what I've experienced other people so he began to get his teaching out he developed what was then called the mini Bible college right and it's 215 lessons Genesis to Revelation 25 minute lessons where you just learn the scriptures uh, in a very simple way, mm-hmm. uh, so you can interpret the scriptures correctly. So he began to get Dick's teachings out and translated in different languages through Transworld Radio and other avenues globally. And that's actually why he was in India on that trip, okay. is to see how Dick's teachings were being taken, if you will. From the indigenous leaders there, that were kind of the first ones to get Dick's teaching, and and since then it's been translated the the mini Bible College. We just renamed it Foundations to give it more, because it just confused people, right? You know, True. calling it a college, and but um, it's translated in sixty languages, and there's seven in process, um, and it's being distributed in about one hundred and twenty five countries right now. And, and how do you access uh, the,
1: that book series or that uh, you know the, the, those tapes? Yeah
2: so well you can go on our website okay. um, which is icm.org yeah. and then you also there's a mini Bible College app oh. and it'll even translate the different languages you can push what language oh. you want. Wow. And then we also have many devices we use internationally you know, to Tell us about some teaching. of those devices, particularly
0: the little solar one.
2: <laughs> yeah, so there's a few different means that we're able to to get um, Dick's teachings. out. one thing about Dick, if I can say, and his, uh, you'll hear his story in the God Who Hung on a Cross. But the last over decade of his life, he was a quadriplegiant, and he actually recorded. The many of the teachings uh, from the foundations material as a quadriplegic. Okay. Wow. And just an amazing story and man of God, who you know, though he lost all of his movement except his mouth, literally, all he he said he was his body was dead, but his brain was, and he did all this teaching laying from a bed. Like wow. Johnny Erickson Tato. exactly. Yeah, I mean it's it's his wow. story, but just such hope and faith. And he would even he has a book uh, I can actually leave with you guys. It's called The Four Spiritual Secrets, mm-hmm. okay. and he really talks about the lessons he learned um, from from all he went through because wow. it was a debilitating, you know, degenerate disease that he had. Um, so forgive me, what was the all the, oh, the devices? Uh huh. Yes. So one, you know, 14% of the world is illiterate. And so one thing that Doyce discovered is that many of these remote places around the world that need the gospel, uh, the people don't read. Mm -hmm. And so he began to distribute uh, Dick Woodward's teaching, as well as the scriptures, uh, through these devices, these small handheld devices, they're solar paneled, and so you don't need batteries. And, and so we're able to distribute them for oral learners all around the world uh, by the thousands. And, and then one really neat thing, and you guys are going to get to see it. If you're on the radio, you can't see it. But these little crosses um, are preloaded. And, and so it's a little USB port. It'll go on your iPhone. There's 5.2 billion iPhone or smartphone users in the world. So just think about that for a moment. Is the 7.5 billion people 5.2 billion smartphones. Wow. So you can pretty much go anywhere in the world and people have smartphones. That's perfect. I There's wish our listeners, listeners could
0: see this. It's There's just a little device <laughs> that goes into your computer yeah. portal. And it looks like it can adapt to any exactly. particular exactly. portal. Yeah. yeah, it goes and,
2: iPhones, Androids, and computers. This wow. is amazing. It's about the size of a quarter. Wow. So just to give you an idea, if you yeah. since you can't see it. But loaded on that, what's so awesome about it is that the, the foundations material, the 219 lessons, uh, the Bible in their language, uh, the Jesus film is on this, and then other training materials. And so these, for example, we're able to distribute these in Syrian refugee camps amazing. by the thousands. Amazing. You know, in China, you know, where where we have partners are able to distribute these through the house churches. And and so all over the world, these are being distributed and, and pastors are using them to get the gospel out.
0: Um, quick wow. question. When I talk about ACM, is there a way I can purchase any of these these devices to just show people how cutting-edge you guys are? I mean, when you see that, it's yeah. just like, whoa. You realize how how edgy you guys yeah. are with this high-tech uh, material, yeah. getting it into countries where maybe you couldn't even go in with a Bible That's due right. to restrictions. That's right. But we'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah. But I just, I find it amazing. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's based on uh, really a, a simple vision of assisting indigenous peoples around the world who have a, a, a national so, leader, pastor. It's not yeah, a foreigner yeah, that's leading the yeah. church, and that they must, as you say, be invested. It's not a foreign entity coming and just giving money or something. But they have to uh, get the material, build the material, put up the structure. Come under these really strict guidelines in terms of the pastor and the number of congregants and the that's willingness right. to plant another sister church. With that, I think is a five-year yeah. Times. Well. Th-
2: Five sister churches within three years is the goal. It's the goal. That's right. And so, so it's a very multiplying movement uh, commitment. Yeah. You know, to not just, hey, I'm happy to have this, but no, God's entrusted us to multiply this and give it away. I just want to read a little
0: from the back cover, David, uh, from the book, uh, The God Who Hung on the Cross by Deutscher Rocher. He says, from the jungles of Southeast Asia to the African bush, from the Mongolian deserts to India, Cuba, and Ukraine, God is touching hearts all over the world today. Deuss rossier takes you with him around the globe and shows how God is doing miracles every day in some of the most unlikeliest places on our planet and how he can bring astounding changes for good to your neighborhood and your community. Chuck Holson says this, Deuss rossier shows us that it is never too late in life to take out something big for God. In some ways, this book is a sequel to The Body, which was Chuck Colson's book, for it vividly illustrates the reality of how Christ is building his church, his body around the world. This is the remarkable story, the difference one person, fully committed to Christ, can make. May God use it to spur on you and to make a difference in your own part of the world today. Chuck Colson, I mean, what a recommendation. Oh,
2: yeah. You know, Doyce uh, was part of me being interviewed, and he yeah. Tell died. how you got in, David. Yeah. yeah so he, um, so I was in co- collegiate ministry for about twenty five mm-hmm. years. So very passionate about evangelism <laughs> and discipleship, and, yeah. and really multiplying my life. Second Timothy two. Mm-hmm. And um, about three years ago, had some big life transitions taking place. And just trying to figure out where the Lord wanted me. And, and was, quite frankly, not looking for ministry. I was looking to just kind of walk with the Lord and have a season of rest, if you will. Mm-hmm. And ended up meeting a board member uh, out of Indianapolis that's on the board of ICM. As I was networking for jobs and, and various things. And, and he started talking about ICM. I'd never heard of ICM, and, and quite frankly, I was not interested. And he said, listen, will you read this book? And if you're interested, there's a position in development open in the Midwest. And I just kind of assumed I wouldn't be interested, but I'm a reader, and so I went home, it was a Friday, and over the next 36 hours, read the whole book. I couldn't put it down. And just the stories of the gospel and lives transforming and the global scope of of Christ's mission for the world. It just was so, I mean, I think I wept through most of it. And because it's like, how can these stories be so real? And it was founded, you know, by a guy, as you mentioned just a minute ago, who essentially started it at 65. You know, when most people are saying, okay, it's time to put it on cruise control, between then and 98 years old is, that's when he passed away. He was 98, about a year and a half ago. He was in the office every day. When I got interviewed, he was part of my interview at 97. And and he just had this amazing just sense of mission. And, and one thing I think is worth sharing because... We all know that God, and this is a little side note, but God loves marriage, right? God created marriage, and it's a picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the church. is. Doyce was married um, for, I believe it was 77 years. And his wife, toward the end of her life, she was ailing, and he always prayed, Lord, I just want to outlive her to take care of her. And he took care of her. And she died at 97. And right after she died, a month later, uh, he started going down and just months later passed away. But just this amazing picture. So if you were to ask, you know, her name was Shirley, they would say that really Shirley, uh, much like Marie, you know, (laughs) we know the teachings of John, but people (laughs) that know you say, what's the secret sauce, right? Yeah. And Doyce and his wife... Just, nice picture. you know, we're so committed to each other and the Great Commission and honoring the Lord in the small things. Yes, And I think God just, and I, I love the story because when most people are saying, my fruitful years are over, yeah. his started, you know, or his, the culmination of a faithful life, if yeah. you will. So, um, so for me, when I uh, heard the story, read the book, you know just met Doyce and the team and and I was like, how could I not want to be a part right. yeah of this and and use some skills and experiences that God had given me to to be a part of extending you know the kingdom and I think for me, David, yeah, probably if you cut me, I bleed spiritual multiplication-hmm. You know, I believe that God has called us to invest in others and reproduce, which I love your relationship, you know, and just mentoring. And and so from a macro level, that's the story of ICM. Yeah, Right. Is, is one church becomes a few, but they begin to multiply. And I believe even the math is after eight years of ICM, there was only 250 churches. But then it started multiplying, and, and now we've hit, I think at the end of 2020, 10,008 churches and 45,000 sister congregations Ten thousand have 40, been planted. So you went so. 30,
0: 60, 100-fold. I mean a couple of elements that really are appealing to me, David, uh, having been involved in overseas missions, is number one, the emphasis on the church, mm-hmm. the church body, the local body. I think that's so important That we in the West and we in America where there's major drift of Christians exiting the local body, the local uh, congregation, and the emphasis of ICM on the local church in India, in Cambodia, in Africa, so, so important. That That is God's organization. His only organization. It's yeah. not the United Nations. It's not right. the, you know. Right. It's it's the church, the local church. We just did a study on the seven local churches in, yeah. in uh, mm. the Book of Revelation, mm. chapter two and three. That the the indigenous uh, take an ownership, national leadership, but the challenge you give to people back here uh, that can't go over there, and they're concerned, but they don't know how. And you guys really put together a great presentation. And David, you were just talking about how their literature and their oh, branding, from a it, from an entrepreneurial point yeah, of view, it, it's just it's, beautiful.
1: It's better than some public firm's mm. you know newsletter to their shareholders. Mm. You guys do a wonderful job. I mean, it's incredible. And then the other thing that you do is the updates you give regularly. The mm. amount of communications that come out of your office makes you first class all the way mm. around. Um, so I think that's where you start to see the. Uh, the extensive growth over the you know when you started and now where you're at i mean that's unbelievable over ten thousand churches so what's your current role now yeah with icm like what is your what does your days look like sure okay. it's a great question. Do, you, do you do a lot of traveling overseas to see to oversee the churches that are getting started
2: yeah so my role is i'm a development officer there's about nine of us around the country so my territory is the midwest okay so i live in indianapolis and essentially, my territory is Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, a little bit of Pennsylvania, northern Kentucky. Okay. And, and so my role is really to tell the ICM story and to invite people into the vision and to invest into uh-huh. the vision. And, and so one thing that's so unique is... For business people, I mainly work with business owners. Not only, but often, as business owners, is there's a real question about return on investment. You know, I want to, what is the return on investment for what I do? So you guys think in light of that, and that is one thing I think that just still blows me away when I share about ICM the mm. return on investment. So when we talk about you know these structures, these buildings, yeah. these churches. Yeah. You know the average church is between about eleven and sixteen thousand dollars to build, and so take that from a, a American perspective. Oh, yeah. You know that is like retiling the floor of the youth center's bathroom, yeah. Yeah. and and we're able yeah. to give that little bit of money, and all of a sudden it changes a whole community, and and so from a return on investment. It's just phenomenal. And, and one thing I share, because we all see life through the lens of what we experience, and often it's not the reality of the world, mm-hmm. is I live in Midtown in Indianapolis. And I, so I live in the city. Uh-huh. Within five blocks of my home, there are six churches. There's a Lutheran church, there's a Presbyterian, there's a Christian, there's a Catholic. I mean, literally six churches right. I can walk within five blocks the places that we are partnering to build congregations or churches the congregations are already there sure are often places that may be 25 miles 50 miles from another church right. and so when doyce said his vision if you want to know what was on the heart of doyce is that there is a church within walking distance of every person mm-hmm. in the world and so once again from from an indianapolis mind I can walk five blocks and go to six churches, and so the need is just so great. You spent time in Thailand; mm-hmm. you know the world. Yeah. And and so to me, that's just compelling to just keep telling the story, right? And just inviting people to to be a part. One one business owner, if I can make a plug for the book, oh, sure. you know, and if someone yeah. wants this book, I can get the book in your hands. Mm-hmm is a business owner here in Cleveland who's invested and built, you know, funded several churches. You know, when I first came on the job a few years ago, I said, David, just hand guys this book, (laughs) tell them to read the first 50 pages and God will draw them to this vision or he won't, but it's, you know, just kind of, you don't have to say much because the vision speaks for itself, (sighs) you know? So, um, so that's what I do I fundraise you know and and meet with people and tell the story and and then people like Fred Yetka mm-hmm. here in the city who's yeah. been deeply involved mm-hmm. they see how impactful it is he's a Vietnam vet he's uh-huh. helped fund some churches in Vietnam right. is that's when it gets exciting yeah when you have folks who are uh, donors investors who are telling the story yes and they're saying hey I want to tell you about something I've invested in, which you've experienced yourself, yes. you know, with your brother-in-law and so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard not to get excited. Yeah, no, oh, no, but, no, I, I
0: think um, oh,
1: yeah.
0: what I see, and maybe you see it, do churches come together sometimes and want to adopt a given church, you know, and fund the building of it, let's say in Laos or Vietnam, and then they like partner where you guys put the two together. That's right. A church in Indianapolis, a church in Cleveland wants to adopt
2: this church and, and help fund the building. You can, you see a lot of that. Happen. Ab- absolutely. So one one thing on the heart of a lot of pastors in the local church is they want their people to get exposed, mm-hmm. right? They want because if you've been overseas, you know it changes you. You know when you meet that Brazilian pastor. And hear his story and see what God's doing in Brazil or in Mm -hmm. Uganda, wherever it may be. So one thing that we do, John, is, and of course, COVID has kind of put a stop for a year, but we're going to continue probably in the next six months as we lead vision trips. So we take investors, we take donors to visit these locations. And so often, so I know even for you, um, is your friends donated to... Do churches in honor of you and Marie? You know, Lord willing, you're going to get to go meet those churches and stand in those mm-hmm. buildings, and it's just a amazing you know opportunity. So we're we have dozens of trips all over the world where we'll take investors and and potential investors to get to see the works, meet the pastors, meet the people, and and you know I think about where Jesus you know says in seeing the multitudes Mm -hmm. in matthew 9 he felt compassion for them them. Mm -hmm. and i think it's the same way with missions when you see it Mm -hmm. that's when the next level of engagement you know typically happens so we try to do that with icm is take people that are interested on these vision trips
0: so my story or connection with icm david you know it well but It's My brother passed away five years ago. He had been a two tours of duty with the first air cab during the Vietnam War in Vietnam. And he came to Christ after his discharge from the military, and he went back. After he came to Christ, he went back as a missionary to Southeast Asia. And he, he lived a healthy life, and then all of a sudden, they diagnosed him with Agent Orange, which was as a result of his time there. But unbeknownst to me, some people in Cleveland, that knew ICM and, and met Doyce, they funded a church in central vietnam <clears throat> where he was stationed pretty close to where he was stationed and so, <clears throat> and so they sent me the the picture and everything you know the folder they give you and then <clears throat> it was just recently this year where and i didn't know anything about this my wife didn't know anything about this where the friends of mine in the in the community here the business community etc came together and funded nine churches in Northwest Thailand, where we ministered for years, right up along the Myanmar border, the Thai Myanmar border, complete surprise to us. Well, I mean, we were living and working there and ministering there as missionaries, but to have nine churches under national leadership, under Karen tribal or Thai leadership is remarkable, especially with the vision to plant sister churches within a three to five year. So, I mean, that was a tremendous blessing to us to realize we're not even over there now But in a sense, by extension, our ministry is continuing through ICM. And God willing, we'd like to be over there next year and maybe see one of these churches, Mm -hmm. whatever stage of development might be in, and then to bring that back. And maybe you could come up and we can share that with, you know, to see kind of full circle. But that's our neighborhood over there. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. where I served as a soldier during the Vietnam War. I was a medic in Thailand, prodigal. Uh, it didn't come to Christ until three years after my discharge. Mm-hmm. But now here, I really believe ICM has taken root in northeast Ohio. Do you, David? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, it, just, it, it, yeah, I, it, mm-hmm. it has return on investment. It sure does. It's, the optics are really good because you're seeing mm-hmm. something that's not kind of an abstract. But you're just sending money or something here. You're seeing stages of development. And so many of the people here are entrepreneurial. Yeah. And they understand how things start small yeah. and they go big. But this, this man, Doyce, I put him very similar to the founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators, Cameron Townsend, mm-hmm. or Bill Bright with Campus Crusader. I mean, these, these, these are men. Why he is so unique is the age when he got into it. He, he's, he's beyond retirement age. And all of a sudden, he reboots and, and just <laughs> hits the accelerator and changes the world.
2: Right. I mean, literally. And, you know, I think... Was as I meet with business people, he was just a business guy and he learned all you know, faithful for all those decades, learned so many leadership principles and what works, what doesn't work, and he just applied with a passion for the gospel. And so, I think in some ways, he tells the world, God uses regular people, yeah, right, you know, to do extraordinary things. And we still we're kind of at the tip of it, you know. Just in turn, because when things multiply, they get out of control, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and that's what's just so exciting to share his story. Because when I'm meeting with a 41 year old business guy, you know, it's like, man, be faithful today, and and I think that's what Roy uh, Doyce would tell people. Yeah, it's like. God's not looking for heroes. He's just looking for the faithful guy to do what God's called you to do today. And that as you're being faithful, who knows how God's yeah, going right, to use Yeah, us. right, right, and, right. Um, you know, you mentioned, Dave, about the storybook. Yeah. You know, which I think it, things are harder on the radio to describe. Sure, yeah, sure. But the, the summary is this, is that if you invest in a church at $1,000 or above level, Um, you get a direct connection with that church. So you get assigned a church, and you get updates. It takes 9 to 12 months to to build the church, the, the building. And so you'll get a storybook that will tell about the congregation, how long it's existed. You mentioned earlier, John, all of our churches, and there are some exceptions in the Middle East and Northern Africa, but the general rule is that each of the churches that we agree to partner with are 80 adult members, at least. Uh So a lot of people think we're planting churches. We're not planting churches. They're planting churches. These are existing, but we're just giving them, once again, we're putting gas on the fire, and a building serves them greatly. Um, And so we send these storybooks out to the donors so they learn about the congregation, the pastor, and then they get to see the building actually go up, you know, from the foundation to right. the finish. Mm-hmm. And then actually get reports from the field for the next three years after it's completed. And so it's yeah, it's more fantastic. than just, yeah. you know, you send a check and... Mm-hmm you know, I hope good things happen. You actually get to see an experience. Oh, and if God gives you the opportunity, you could actually get to go over right and oh, wow. visit that church on one of our vision trips at some point. Wow.
0: Now, what I find interesting is when you think of church building, it's just not a church building. Because mm-hmm. often during the week, these buildings are used for medical uh, outreach, for literacy, uh, health and hygiene lessons. I was reading through your material. Yeah. So that really serves uh is the community at large and again the answer to the world's problems is the local church it simply is the local church jesus says i will build my church and every almost every epistle is either written to a local church or to a pastor of a church the book of revelation opens up with jesus visiting seven churches in asia minor the importance of the local church and uh We don't have much more time, you know, David, but this is tremendous. And I think any of the listeners that are listening today want more information. The website is really good. You just go to icm.org. It's a very easy to navigate their website, and you can see testimonials. You see how you can get involved. um, You can call us. You know, this is WNCN. A radio, uh, John Murtha, David Abood, you can call into the station. We're going to hopefully be in the station, literally once again, as COVID's starting to lift. But it's amazing. It's yeah. ama- Any thoughts you well, have there before yeah, we start? You know,
1: before we close, Dave, um, can you tell some stories of the impact of some of these churches on the community? You know, uh, on top of what John was saying? Do you have some great yeah. stories to share?
2: Yeah, I will, I'll share one, okay, sure. you know, for a yeah, time right. that I actually saw. Okay. Um, so there is a, our partner in Brazil um, is a guy named Antonio, and he's kind of a Brazilian Deutsche Röster, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has a vision for the poorest part of the country of Brazil, okay. and if you know Brazil is one of the biggest countries in the world, yeah. it's actually one of the most unreached um, because of the population and there's a lot in the center of the country and the Sertao, I think is how you pronounce it, is, is there's just incredible poverty. And he has targeted uh, this part of the um, country to plant churches. And so in the last five years, I believe they've sent about 250 pastors to this part of the country and we're partnering with them and I was able to go over there last November, right before COVID, and they are starting businesses in all these communities. Mm-hmm. So oh, the, unique. because the poverty, there's high, high unemployment, and they've started all kind of businesses. They've started, I actually went to go where they started this dance school mm-hmm. where they're teaching these little girls ballet in the local church. Yeah, so the we church, go right. into the church building, where these girls are walking or riding on motorcycles with their moms down dirt roads yeah. to go to their ballet lessons sure. for them to share the gospel. And and the big thing they're also bringing is clean water. Is mm-hmm. his company has I think it's 4000 employees. I mean, it's a big company and what they do is clean water. And so he's bringing clean water to these people. Wow. He sent 250, you know, pastors and missionaries, and he's starting businesses to create some economy. And so, you know, it is truly holistic ministry. Um, You know, another, maybe just one last initiative that we're doing is our partner, Judeo Harvest uh, in Africa, Mm through the the Assemblies of God as our kind of our key partner in Africa, is there's an initiative that we're doing that there is a million untrained pastors In Africa alone Mm. so they just have no theological foundation whatsoever and so the the foundations material is able to give them training so we're starting to do training pastor training to begin to put a dent in those million untrained pastors because you and I know the vulnerabilities of where there's not some basic theological foundation of, of cults and false gospels and and so those are a couple oh, yeah, of wonderful. the exciting yeah. things that are going right. on, just being replicated wow. over and over in their own context. Right.
0: I mean, in Africa, the, the growth of Christianity is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. What is? I mean, it, it mirrors uh, like South Korea or something like right. this. But you're right in terms of teaching, foundational teaching, line upon line, and then to raise up this new generation of pastors and elders that can oversee what might be the greatest move of god in church growth now china too i mean is on the board but right uh you're seeing it firsthand which is really neat david I, we really appreciate you coming by today Absolutely. and if people want to get in touch with you david we still have a couple minutes left on the program what would they do i mean there might be a pastor listening today it might sure. be somebody that's on the mission board or just somebody that's interested saying whoa you know, you look around the world, you see so much going on today and you think, How can how can we fix these problems and yeah, all this chaos? Uh, well, nothing has really changed. When Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he's gonna build his church. He's right. just given us opportunity to cooperate and be part of that building
2: project. So how would people maybe get in touch with you or Yeah, you know? Well, there's a there's a couple things is you could go to the website uh-huh. and mm-hmm. You know, and, and read up about it and you could call the office. The other thing, if you're in the Midwest, which I assume most of our listeners are local here, mm-hmm. is my email, probably the easiest thing, it's kind of simple, d dburns, so as in David, dburns at icm.org. Okay. And, and just reach out. And, you know, one thing that is I've met with pastors, a lot of times they have countries on their heart. They've yeah. targeted countries or children you know one Mm -hmm. thing that we didn't get to but we've built 1168 hope centers which are serving children in the communities Right next to the local churches. Okay. And so it's basically a community center for children, underprivileged children, where they get fed and they get taught the Bible and they get cared for. Right next to the church. Right Structure, next to the church. They're actually run by the local churches. That's so it's good. a ministry of the local church. But some of the ministries are growing so much. They're like, hey, can we apply for a second building? Right. A Hope Center for Kids. So, you know, some people have their heart for China or whatever country there's a good chance we're there and we can help connect you to serve in those places.
1: So just real quick, so the second building, will ICM participate if there's connectivity to the primary church? What would you guys like set up that, that building next to the church? Yes, yeah, so they're, and I know oh, this is late so, so, in the broadcast, no, that's okay, but, th- that's really but yeah, boring, so we've
2: yeah. we've, just as churches have grown and there's a need to serve kids particularly, in some wow. of these countries the these, the churches our partners will apply for a Hope Center which is basically it's a community center for children so yeah we have we build a lot of oh, those as well mainly churches but also hope centers we've done a few orphanages uh-huh. but mainly it's churches and then when the ministries are so robust we may fund wow. a Hope Center as well, amazing. and it's usually amazing. about the same price—fifteen yeah, yeah. Yeah. thousand or so. Um, so we, some of those stories are on our website as well. Okay. What a Hope Center is—you know, stories of the ministries of the Hope Center. Wow. So, wow. The story that's not in the headlines—how God's right. how God's wow. kingdom is being extended
0: throughout the world. Absolutely. You know, the good news wow. is being spread, and it's really it just offers us such a great opportunity, it you know, and we don't, hope. you're yeah. bringing it, David, to Northeast Ohio, because a lot of us didn't know about this or realize mm. this. Although I met Doyce, he was up here yeah, yeah. years ago and he was in one or two of the Bible study groups. He, he actually signed came, your book. Yeah. He signed my book. <laughs> oh. said. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, you know, I just can't say enough about this ministry. I mean, like I said, it's really impacted my family in really incredible ways. And, uh, just to know that your prayers, your dollars, your 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 interest in what God's doing in the world today has a has a an avenue, has a channel that's trusted. Uh, you can you can look at these guys. You can research ICM. It's just solid, and just uh, find out. You know, call call us. Get in contact with David or me, and we can direct you to ICM. Right. Because I know you come up this. Yeah. Can I say one last thing?
2: Sure. And it's not bad. ICM. Oh yeah. Is So I have been with ICM a couple years, actually two years this month, and, you know, God is working in Cleveland. Hmm. I mean, I have met some of the most wonderful people here in the last two years through the men's Bible study, through, you know, and I just, honestly, I think it's unique. You know, I live in Indianapolis, God's work, but I think God's doing a unique work with the gospel and particularly... Just the the men and the families of this city, I get blown away on every trip. I come up every mm. month or two oh. of just men and women with such a heart for God, and actually a heart for this part, for Northeast right. Ohio. Right. And and I'm just I feel humbled to get to be your friends, mm. and I really mean that. that so great. I love coming to visit, and yeah. and so you know. I think God's on the move here in great ways, not just globally. You know, several yeah.
0: ministries and ministers have come
2: through Northeast Ohio in the past 10 years, and they
0: said the same thing you said, David, that there's, whatever the reason may be, I don't know, but, you know, that God would indeed, you know, favor and, and provide an awakening here, and, you know, and it seems to be coming a lot through the marketplace, yeah. through business and through entrepreneurs and you know, all we can do is continue to seek the Lord. But I yeah. sense that too, even when I returned from Philadelphia, when we were serving out there, that maybe, you know, why uh, my my expression is why not Cleveland? You know, why couldn't a right. revival right. break out in Cleveland? But thank you for coming, David. You know, I just want to close Friday, in a David. word of prayer. Yeah. And if you're ever in the area, just give us a call, and we, you know, we'll do yeah. a follow-up show or whatever we can do to Thanks help. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that despite COVID and seemingly chaos and things we see lord that that you are working lord you are on the throne and you are very 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 interested in in the local church both here and abroad in all these different countries i thank you for icm i thank you for the 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 family uh, of uh, Rossier here Rossier and the vision you put in his heart one man he should have been retired and and just going out coughing and taking it easy he got a he got a vision for the world he starts small and it's huge it's it's world impacting today may that continue to be blessed and grow 30 60 100 fold and bless david burns as he goes from here give him favor give him open doors to share this message in churches with mission boards with business people whatever it might be lord just continue as he pushes forward and that your kingdom is extended and disciples are made and and lives are changed and communities are impacted for your glory. It's for your glory, Lord, at the end of the day. uh, that You just allow us to be a small part of your great plan. So thank you again. Bless David again in a special way. And bless this radio station, WNZN, as we come out of COVID. May it be used of you as a platform to present ministries and to strengthen believers through the word of God. We thank you for all of these things. Again, for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.